This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, Veterans Affairs makes the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory for hospital staff. OPM puts out more guidance for agencies on telework. And agencies left out some important information when dishing out those urgent contracts for pandemic response efforts. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Veterans Affairs Department will require COVID-19 vaccines for its healthcare workforce. Physicians, nurses, dentists, and other employees who work in VA hospitals will have eight weeks to get the vaccine. VA is the first federal agency to require COVID vaccines for their employees. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough says the department lost four unvaccinated staff members in recent weeks due to COVID-19. Roughly 70% of the VA workforce is vaccinated. A total of 146 VA healthcare workers have died since the beginning of the pandemic. Meanwhile, the Postal Service is lifting its mask mandate for fully vaccinated employees and contractors. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has details. USPS says unvaccinated employees will still have to wear masks in situations where they can't stay six feet away from coworkers. But the agency says it isn't requiring proof of vaccination and tells managers and supervisors not to ask employees for this information. The change in USPS policy comes two months after the Biden administration lifted its mask mandate for the rest of the federal workforce. Jory Heckman. Federal News Network. A group of federal employee unions want President Biden to staff the Federal Service Impasses Panel. The National Federation of Federal Employees is leading the charge. Nefi and a dozen other employee unions say Biden should prioritize staffing at the panel after the president removed all members chosen by the previous administration. The union also wants Biden to replace members of the Federal Labor Relations Authority. He promoted Ernest Dubester as FLRA chairman, but two members from the Trump administration remain at the authority. Agencies have more guidance from the Office of Personnel Management on telework. More from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. OPM says agencies should make decisions about expanding telework based on individual job functions, not a manager's preference. Many agencies are considering new telework or remote work programs based on their experiences during the pandemic. They're also planning for more employees to return to the office. OPM says federal employees may face disciplinary action if they fail to return to their offices without an approved excuse. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Agencies spent billions on urgent covid Related contracts, but they neglected to report some important award information. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. The Departments of Defense, Health and Human Services, and Homeland Security have doled out some $12.5 billion through other transaction agreements to respond to the pandemic. But the Government Accountability Office says there's limited transparency around who ultimately won some of those awards. That's because not all OTA award information is reported to the Federal Procurement Data System. DOD and the other agencies say they will update how they report OTA awards in the future. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. 
The Air Force is allowing its airmen to move up to 120 days of leave from 2021 to 2022. That's according to a new memo signed by Acting Air Force Secretary John Roth. The new policy was created to help airmen who were unable to take leave due to COVID-19 restrictions. The Air Force and other services put similar policies in place in 2020. Roth said rest and relaxation is crucial to military morale. The Air Force is now using artificial intelligence and virtual reality to train its airmen. The Tech Training Transformation Team developed a simulated version of the Crew Chief Fundamentals course where students interacted with AI airmen to receive hands-on instruction. Students had similar scores in the simulation to their peers who took the traditional model. They also completed the course 46% faster than students who did not use VR. The Tech Training Transformation Team plans to develop a mobile app for the course that is not simulated. The military is still considering if the Space Force needs its own National Guard component. Congress has some ideas of its own. Here's Federal News Network's Scott Massioni with more. Lawmakers are considering changing the name of the Air National Guard to the Air and Space National Guard. The change would symbolize that the reserve component would serve both the Air and Space Forces, but not actually change much in functionality. The Air Force was supposed to deliver a report on creating a separate Space National Guard in March. However, officials tell Federal News Network it's still in the works. About 2,000 National Guard members work in space related fields for the military. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Senate has confirmed Frank Kendall to be the next secretary of the Air Force. Monday's vote makes Kendall the top civilian official for the Air Force and Space Force after a long prior history in the Pentagon. He last served as Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics during the Obama administration. The Senate confirmed Gina Maria Ortiz-Jones as Undersecretary of the Air Force late last week. The National Nuclear Security Administration has a new leader. Jill Ruby was sworn in by Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm Monday after being confirmed by the Senate late last week. Ruby spent 34 years at Sandia National Laboratory, becoming the first woman to lead an NNSA National Security Laboratory before she retired in 2017. As NNSA Administrator, she'll be front and center in debates over how to modernize the U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile. The Biden administration pushes Congress to fully fund the Technology Modernization Fund. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us why. Agencies overwhelmed the Technology Modernization Fund last month, submitting over 100 proposals that were valued at more than $2 billion. The White House says this is one of the main reasons why Congress should appropriate the administration's request of $500 million in fiscal 2022 for the TMF. The House has only allocated $50 million. In its statement of administration policy about the 2022 spending bill making its way through the House, OMB revealed for the first time the amount of money agencies requested from the TMF in its latest round of proposals. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Those long executive orders coming from the Biden White House might be comprehensive, but they are also hard to understand. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin to explain. Two of the orders, one on diversity and inclusion and one on cybersecurity, add up to more than 10,000 words. I had them evaluated by text analytics company Visible Thread. The results, the orders score very low on the comprehension scale and in some passages require postdoctoral levels of skill to read, says Visible Thread CEO Fergal McGovern. It's a legalistic, wordy set of items and not necessarily doing a great job in communicating to the standard person. His advice, use the act of voice more, shorten the sentences and avoid 50 cent words. By the way, the federal government does have a plain English policy. Might be time to dust it off. Tom Temin, Federal News Network. The National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence in NIST chose eight 
18 vendors to take part in a zero trust architecture project. These 18 will sign cooperative research and development agreements or CRADAs that will let them take part in a consortium where they will contribute expertise and hardware or software to help refine a reference design and build example standards based services. The goal of the effort is to demonstrate several approaches to implementing zero trust architectures, which will be designed and deployed using the concepts outlined in this zero trust architecture special publication. Customs and Border Protection has not always protected apps that streamline passport information from cybersecurity threats. The agency failed to scan more than 90% of mobile app updates for security issues from 2016 to 2019. That's according to a report from the Office of Inspector General. The IG also found that CBP did not check mobile passport control servers for vulnerabilities. The IG encouraged CBP to scan all passport app updates prior to their release, conduct security compliance reviews on a specific time frame, and develop a process to perform internal audits. And the House passes a bill that would make thousands of agency reports to Congress easily accessible to the public. The Access to Congressionally Mandated Reports Act requires the government publishing office to build and maintain an online portal that allows the public access to all congressionally mandated reports. The bill sponsors, Congressman Mike Quigley and James Comer, say these reports are currently only seen by congressional committees or are scattered across dozens of agency websites. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal newscast and subscribe to the federal newscast on podcast one or apple podcasts i'm eric white this holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.